the hurling club. And as he said he how much he hated Cork as well. This fella just seems to hate everybody, right? So this is why I haven't joined the podcast just yet. I think I might leave it up. We might get a bit heated. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Gaelic football on Off the Ball with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. You're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five, as always. Huge weekend for Mayo football fans traveling to Dublin for the big game against Dublin tomorrow, the All Ireland Football quarterfinals. Four-time All-Star, former Mayo defender Colin Boyle is on the line. Colin, how are you? John, how are you? Great, Colin. Uh, I'm the dub in this conversation, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, the hype. Is the hype in the atmosphere in Mayo after beating Kerry, beating Galway and on the road to meet the dubs again after, what, 10 meetings in 11 years? Yeah, into the lion's den of, of Crow Park tomorrow. Um, I, I definitely said there's a bit of excitement. Um, you know, there hasn't been a much talk during the summer I think the whole format you know the way it's been it's been very strange even a lot of people not going to games but I think certainly anyone that was in Salt Hill last Sunday and even people that were watching the game you know winning that game against Galway it's given people a bit of a bounce now for sure and I think once that draw is made and on Monday morning and it's Dublin then yeah people are really really excited because you've mentioned there the games that's been played here over the last we're probably going back to 2012 you know some unbelievable games and memories in that. So uh, I think people are looking forward to this. Granted, it's probably at an earlier stage than what we're used to. Usually we're used to kind of semi-finals final. I would say this is probably the first ever quarter-final meeting, but it's still really, really exciting. There's a lot of management for Kevin McStay and for Desi Farrell, Cullum. There's strength and conditioning, there's recovery, there's people having jobs. It's an amateur sport still. We need to remember that. All of these rhythms, and no wonder sometimes that there's a degree of inconsistency building in when you don't have maybe sometimes to b- space to breathe. Yeah, there there is, and do you know it's kind of funny. I was thinking about it earlier on, like Dublin. I, I know Dublin haven't really been tested in this championship, and a lot of people are saying that might be a weakness for them. But considering the amount of football them boys have played over the years, you know they've they've somehow still managed to cruise really to, to a quarter final stage. And I think, I think Desi Farrell would be generally happy with that. I don't think he needs James McCarthy, Mick Fitzsimons. These boys been, been, you know, really put to the pin of their collars in, in May. I think he now he's happy, you know, they're, they're where they need to be. They're at the jeopardy stage of the championship at the quarter final. So I think he'd be really happy that now he'd be looking for them boys to really kick into action. I think for Mayo, it's been slightly different. Uh, you know, obviously they, they carry first round, or sorry, they were beaten by Roscommon first round in the championship, which was a huge downer from, from a Mayo point of view. Then they've, the, the the weird scenario where you have to wait six weeks then to your next game and I know they took like two weeks off and that time a couple of boys went on holidays started back training again and then you get the All-Ireland Champions in Killarney you know and they've been playing I think four out of the last five weekends you know so we're hoping that's not going to take its toll on, on, on the group of players so as you said there are an awful lot to manage between work commitments you know even on Monday mornings not known by maybe three or four in the afternoon the last two weekends who, who you're playing or where you're playing what day you're playing at the weekend so all that takes its toll of course yeah When you were a player how did you manage all that Colin? Yeah like probably the closest thing I came to was 2017 we went through the qualifiers a few years but we had a couple of mad years there where I think 17 in particular we were playing an awful lot of games in a short period I think we played eight or nine games maybe nine games to get to the Ireland final which was an awful lot in that format because there was replays and everything included so you're just trying to manage your time the best you can I think the main 
the main thing is really you're just you're just trying to manage yourself, get yourself right as best as possible, um, get yourself in the in, in the right frame of mind, and just control what you can. Really, I think that's the thing. And obviously, the bigger the games, the more pressure that's coming, and the more people want to talk to you about football, and you're you're probably trying to avoid that as well. So there's all these these things going on in the background. Are you able to switch off? I wasn't great at switching off, John. I'll be honest. It was twenty four seven. Uh, overthought things probably far too much. Um, you know, even driving in the car, you'd just be thinking about, you know, what you need to do to get right for training tomorrow, what you need to get right for the weekend, who you're picking up at the weekend. You're thinking about them and their little movements. You know what I mean? It's just amazing how you can just get completely sucked into it. And yes, it, it, like it is really important. And I, I, if I was advising anyone now, I'd be saying you need to you need to find something where. You know, it's you do get time to switch off, and obviously, you know, spending a bit of time with your your family, and obviously my wife as well. That that helps greatly. But at the same time, it's always there in the back of your mind. You know what I mean? The focus, and you know what's coming, and the pressure. And I think I used to always find on game week, it was always from about Thursday onwards. That's where I knew there was something coming. The butterflies were almost coming in the stomach then around Thursday, certainly by Friday morning, and you knew your body just physically knew that something big was happening at the weekend. Did it affect your mood column? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, as funny, I was actually chatting to my wife about this yesterday, and she used to always say, "Come game week, I would be very, very quiet around the house." You know that literally, I wouldn't be saying much at all. We know there'd be no conversations. I'd probably be the. Some people when they get nervous, they're probably full of chat. I'm probably the the, the opposite. I wouldn't be chatting at all, and I'd just be so kind of mentally focusing on what's ahead and you know thinking of the smaller details maybe and yeah it's actually funny because my wife did say this to me yesterday that you were just completely zoned out of everything else you were doing and it was just uh, it was hard to get a word out of me It sounds such like a professional athlete which effectively you were Cullum uh, for all those years with Mayo in an amateur game uh, as it's labelled you went on an incredible journey with so many great Mayo players uh, Andy Moore and Alan Dillon all these players Lee Keegan I'll just name a few of them so if you're talking about being so immersed in this, I wouldn't don't know if I, I wouldn't want to put words in your mouth and say obsessed, but if you're dealing with that an all art and final defeat, I mean, like where were you then for the next week or two after that? Look, obsessed is you know, it's a fair word, I would say, because you were obsessed at the time. You know, when you're there and physically in it, you you feel like there's nothing else bigger in the world happening at that stage. And I know it's probably a wrong way to be looking at things or even or even or even talking about things, but when you're in the bubble, that's how you feel. And you're right then, you know, when you have that defeat, like a defeat. After a defeat, usually you're with your teammates for two or three days. You know what I mean? And, and you know, different things. You, you obviously go out, you have, you have aftermath functions, you stay together for a couple of days after defeats. Then when you leave that surroundings and you're you're away then on maybe the Tuesday or the Wednesday or whatever it is, and you go back to, I suppose, what you call normal life, and it really, really kicks in. You know, that's that's when it's tough. That's when your head has gone into overdrive and you're thinking about all the, the small details. And I suppose the thing with us was, and why we probably recovered fairly well is because we were a really good group. I think number one and and number two, we always felt like we weren't far away, that we just needed to keep going, keep pushing and see could we, obviously Dublin were the main obstacle in your way. We we knew on any given day that, you know, we were as good or, or if not better than everything else that was out there. But obviously Dublin were the ones and we, we just knew that we had to try and keep going back to see could we push them boys to the, to the pin of their collar. 
I've been through bad grief. We all have all been through grief. I'd expect mm-hmm. you've been through grief as well, mm-hmm. Colm. It just feels from a sporting perspective, from a sporting context, it feels like mild grief you're almost describing there. Yeah, it is. No, it's, uh, like I said, yeah, it's really, really important to put it into context of what you're... What, yes. What it does feel yes it does feel like grief and it does feel like you have something emotionally that you, you physically need to get over and like some some teams probably don't get over it after big defeats or some players don't get over especially if you had a couple so but I, I go back to it again John we had a really good group of boys and we, we were a group of lads that got on really well together as well and I think all that helps you're, it's funny by the time you're a month away from it you're almost mad to get back into it again and mad to get back training and mad to just be be around the boys getting back in the dressing room. So I, cert- I certainly think that kind of environment that was definitely created by, by managing teams we had over the years, that, that certainly helps in that regards, you know, and obviously the, the hunger and the will to, to go again. And But let's be honest, John, they're, like, they're magical occasions to be involved in too. I know for us, obviously, we never won a final, but when you're involved in so many brilliant days leading up to a final, and and then the final itself, it's it's a magical thing. Like if you're if you're telling me as a young fella that you're going to play in so many Ireland finals, you know, I probably wouldn't have believed you. You know, so you have to take that in consideration as well, and be aware of what you're doing is is actually pretty special as well. You know, is it is it fair to say that in 2017 Mayo could not have played as well as they did, and it just was a breaking ball and a free from Dean Rock and. It could have gone so much the other way. You didn't. You couldn't have left anything else out there. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, but it's, yeah, yeah. Like we played. It, is that the best game of football we ever played as a team? In my time at Mayo, it probably was. To be honest with you, um, did we make mistakes? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, Dublin made mistakes as well. In every game, Dublin won. They would. They would. They definitely made mistakes as well. You know. If I look back to the early parts of that game, Conor Callan's goal, you know, I probably could have defended that better. Um, you know, different stages of the game. Obviously, there was sending offs at, at bad timing for us. You know, just different things. Maybe we could have done different when Lee puts us two up, you know, with 10 minutes to go. So, of course, you know, as well as we played, there's always that bit more you can do. And I suppose that's the regrets that you would have that, yeah, okay, we we played some sensational football that day as did Dublin it was probably the best game of football quality wise I was ever involved in you know there's always more you can do John That that's the thing you know we pushed ourselves hard but when you're looking for inches you know maybe we just didn't find the extra one that was needed at the, at the crucial times What did the Dublin jersey then do to you? Were you able to separate the defeats and the players that you were coming up against or, or did they get to do your head in it at some stage? Were you able to just park what the dubs were? Uh, it was difficult because when you're when you're striving for something, I suppose, like like in All Ireland, and you've got one team especially that's taken away from you on a regular basis, then naturally emotions are going to build up against that team. And you, you know, did we become obsessed with them? Maybe obsessed is a is a big word to use, but we knew they were the team, as everyone did, that you were going to have to beat if you're going to win the All Ireland realistically. So. Yeah, yeah, look, it was it was strange, and but it was it was an unbelievable rivalry, and it led to a lot of tensions on the pitch, as as you can obviously tell, John, from watching the games. There was so much going on, like, and it just felt like at any stage something could just ignite, you know, a, a, a row, or you know, someone might be on the edge of getting sent off, and there was so much happening. Like I'd say, they were a nightmare for for referees really to to officiate, but they were. They were unbelievable games too at the same time, you know. And, you know, my feelings towards Dublin at the time were, Jesus, yeah, you know. 
you just felt like they you were completely against them. You just felt I know this is a, a strong context or it's a sorry, it's a it's a term that's used an awful lot in sports. You feel like you're going to war. Like I know that's used an awful lot, but you absolutely did feel that in them games because if you didn't if you didn't take Dublin on physically, you absolutely had no chance. So that's something that we certainly felt like we had to do. We saw the respect that Lee Keegan and Derek Connolly have for each other. They're even speaking about it during the week, uh, Colm. Did you have a similar uh, buddy, uh, as it were, in the Dublin team that you had to, the battles with that was uh, <laughs> singular? God, yeah, the two boys are best, best buds now. I don't, I don't know what's after happening here. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't say that I do. I uh, just never had relationships like that built up over the years, but certainly a mutual respect. And, you know, I've, I've mentioned this as well, that, you know, when I retired, got a couple of texts off Dublin boys and, and vice versa, you know, as well. So there is absolutely that mutual respect there. And, you know, now looking back as an ex-player, you can only admire what them boys achieved. Like, you know what I mean? It was... Sensational! I'll never be repeated. Absolutely, I can't see it ever, ever been been repeated again. I think that's something to recognise again. We must have seen a bit of a war uh, atmosphere at halftime in Salt Hill last week from Kevin McStay, Stephen Rochford, and everybody else. Um, what should there won't be any lack of motivation in that Mayo dressing room on Sunday? No, for sure. It's funny you mentioned that because Kevin McStay mentioned his interview after the game. Oh, he was very happy with. Um, with the way the first half went, that they were only five points down. And Jeremy O'Connor said the complete opposite, that they were fuming at half time, the Mayo players. And I think they were fuming at half time because they felt like they were being outfought by Galway. And you could see once they brought that fight, fight to Galway in the second half, the difference that makes the Mayo a different team when they play like that. There's no doubt about John Mayo are going to have to be an awful lot better tomorrow. Um, they're going to have to be an awful lot better if they play like they have been playing so far in this championship. Take the Kerry game aside, I think that game can be taken a small bit with a pinch of salt because I think Kerry was just so far off it. The rest of the games Mayo played, they've been very, very inconsistent. You know what I mean? The fight was there against Galway and they're going to have to bring that for tomorrow for sure, but they're going to have to win a lot in football terms as well. Kevin McStay's not been afraid to make the decisions. Obviously, your position, he made a change there. Jason Doherty last week coming in. He did, yeah. He did make three or four changes and obviously they've, they named a team yesterday that, you know, I, I don't think will start. I think the only be the only surprise to me at this stage about Mayo naming a team if, if that was the team that actually started, you know. Yeah. Um, all teams, all teams, Colin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think it's just the case at this stage and, and look, Dublin make a couple of changes as well. I think Sam Callan will definitely come in there for Mayo. I think in the Hessian is, is more likely to come in as well. So, yeah, he hasn't been afraid to, to make the big changes uh, for sure. But I think I think certainly leading into last week's game, last week's game against Galway, there was a feeling that Mayo need to freshen things up a bit. You know, we were gone a bit stale. Our team selection was gone. You know, almost very predictable. Our style of play was very predictable. So I think going into the Galway game, we needed that bit of a mix up. And then coming back now into into Dublin tomorrow, obviously Manny Rowan is but we back into midfield. We certainly need his legs around the middle. Like I said, I think in the Hessian come in, I think Sam Callan come in. So there is that nice mix of, of what we're trying to do at the minute. Uh, Dublin have been in a strange vein of form. Obviously, as a Division 2 team, they haven't been tested in, in the light of, of, of Division 1 teams. The only team they played was Roscommon and they struggled against Roscommon's almost possession-based mass defence and Kildare as well caused a problem in the first game, not the second game. But how do Mayo unsettle Dublin uh, to be competitive, say, at the hour mark tomorrow? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I was looking at this yesterday morning. I think the four games or the four or five games Dublin have won in the championship, it's been by a combined total of 70 points or something mad like that, which is which is unbelievable, really. I think from a Mayo point of view, I think all the talk about it has been about Dublin 
how maybe they haven't been tested properly, how they're coming into this a small bit undercooked. I think Dublin are going to come flying out of the blocks tomorrow and really look to take Mayo on early. I think I think they'll be looking at Mayo last week. I think they'll be looking at our kickouts. I think they'll be looking at our backline and the bit of inexperience that's there of playing in a full house in Crow Park with Hill 16 behind you. The likes of Colum Reap, Jack Coyne, David McBride, Sam Callan. You know, these are three inexperienced players at the back. And I think they'll be looking at putting pre- pressure on Mayo as early as possible. Like I said, getting out of the blocks early. And I think they really look to, to suffocate Mayo on their own kickout, especially, and try and put that pressure on and see can they get that reward and maybe make Mayo chase the game early on and, and unsettle them. So for Mayo, you mentioned it there, it's just vital they stay in this game. Vital they stay in this game, John. We're going to have to be an awful lot better than we were um, last Sunday at our own kickouts. I think we only won four of our 13 kickouts in the first half. If that happens tomorrow, the game could be over, John, because Dublin White, yes, they're not the team they once were. They still have that ability of if they get a purple patch in the game, they could actually win a game in a 15-minute spell. And that's what Mayo certainly have to avoid early on tomorrow. Does Killian O'Connor need to play? He won't start. I can't see. I can't see. I can't see a way in which he starts. He he would be on the pitch in the last twenty minutes, um, the same as he was and so until last last week. He just hasn't the work, the physical work done, John, all year, and played enough football. I don't think Jack McCaffrey would start either. I have to say, I, I think Jack McCaffrey would be left for the final twenty minutes. I think he's only started two championship games this year. Played very little league football. He um he went off at halftime in the Leinster final or just before and has only played 10 minutes since. So I don't think there's there's any wage Jack McCaffrey's plays tomorrow or that there's 70 minutes in the legs. I I'd be I'd be surprised. I think he'd be coming in the last 20, as will Killian O'Connor. I think both benches look really, really strong, to be fair. And that's what it could come down to, you know, a battle of the benches. Are Mayo buoyed by the win from two years ago? Because remember the last time they played the yeah. championship, they beat Dublin. Are they buoyed by that? Is that yeah. in the memory bank? Or does that happen for a player? Do you, do you store any of that stuff up? Anything to get an edge? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's, I think there's a couple of things Mayo will be going after this week. If you're just looking at a belief point of view, you mentioned that game 2021. Um, an awful lot of players there. You're probably 9, 10, 11 of them boys will play tomorrow. You're like, so you're into Hessians, Tommy Conroy, Brian O'Donoghue's, Mario Owen, Stevie Cohen, Paddy Dirk and these fellas. This this fueled great belief with them that the last time we were there against these fellas, we, we won the game. You know, so that'll generate the belief. You mentioned the games, you know, going to Killarney, playing Kerry, the All-Ireland Champions six weeks ago, winning that game. Going to Galway, your, your biggest rivals here in, in the West, of course last week winning that game so you're just trying to generate belief in your team all the time and going to Crow Park now is the next step for them and they will fully believe yeah yes this probably is a better Dublin team than they played two years ago they probably have a few more boys back but they are still there for, for the take and I, I believe I think they're still you know why they, you know, obviously Cluxton back McCarthy back Fitzsimons these boys they're still not the same players they were in 2018, 2019. You know, and I think that's an important thing for, for Mayo to recognise as well when they're going up there tomorrow. One player that they almost hung the losing of the All-Ireland to carry in the semi-final on last year for Dublin was Conor Callahan. It was almost like mm. he was the difference. <laughs> but he's he's now fit and he's there. And yeah. That's a big thing for Dublin. Ah, oh, huge. Yeah, huge. And it'll be fascinating to see from a Mayo point of view, number one, where he plays. He's kind of been dipping in and out between centre forward and, and the full forward line so it'd be really really interesting to see from a Mayo point of view who actually picks him up like Sam Callan got the job he's not named to start but like I said I think he will he got the job of picking up Shane Welch last week could you go with Sam Callan it's a huge ask for a guy that's still under 20 and played under 20 football this year for Mayo 
Or do you go someone like, if he is in Cinderford, yes, you put Paddy Durkin there, an experienced player who you know will have the physical capacity to deal with the likes of Conor Callan. Or if he's inside, maybe it's a job for David McBride. But there's no doubt about it, John Dublin are a different animal with, with Conor Callan. He is just absolutely everything that goes through him. And if Mayo are going to win this game tomorrow, there's no doubt they are going to have to curtail him to a certain extent. It's a fascinating matchup between Derry and Cork, isn't it? That Derry are Ulster champions. They don't use that many players. Uh, we know their style of play. I think mm-hmm. Shane McGuigan has obviously helped them improve probably 12 months on. And then Cork are the one kind of wild card with momentum. As we know, they finish games well. They're physically strong. It's a hard one to call in a way. And I don't think this is going to be as one-sided as people people are thinking. You know, automatically people are, are edging towards Derry. And yes, why they probably should win the game if you look at Cork, obviously Munster Championship was a disaster. They lose to Clare. But since that, they've really been have, have been on an upward trajectory. And obviously they beat Louth. They put in a really good performance against Kerry the second day out. Beat Mayo the third day out, which was a fully deserved victory. I think people mainly talked about Mayo after that. But Cork were the real story because they fully deserved it. When the game was there to be won, they absolutely went and won it. And again, last week against Roscommon, when the game was in the melting pot in the second half, again, it was them that went and won it. So they're absolutely there on merit. The, what will be really interesting for me is, will they be as aggressive as they were against Roscommon on the Derry kickout? Because I think the, the Derry are so used to teams dropping off and conceding possession to them. And Derry are the one team that are so, so comfortable, John. If you just allow them easy possession, they will literally walk the ball up the pitch. They'll get into their attacking structure. They'll bring their 14, 50 bodies up the pitch. And normally they'll get a shot away from there. But Cork was so aggressive on Roscommon's kick out last week and got huge joy in it, especially in the second half. I think they got 1-2 off it, which was basically the winning of the game for, for them. So I'd love to see them push up and go aggressive on Derry's kick out. And if you look at the Cork midfield in particular, Maguire and Colm Callan, like really that has given them a huge platform over the last two, three, four games. And what a battle that could be with Conor Glass and Brendan Rodgers in the middle of the pitch. It's almost a throwback to what you'd see 20 years ago in the 90s with them type of midfielders. So I'd love to see long kickouts tomorrow from both sides and just them boys competing in the air together. But it'll be a really, really interesting game, there's no doubt about it. 30 years on since they met in the uh, All-Ireland final. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious, I call it, we're talking, I suppose, about a full house tomorrow at Croke Park for the first time this season. What's it like playing? What's it, how, how much does a crowd... Come into your, um, almost you know your your sphere of 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 sight and feel when you're you're in centre back position and then you're bombing forward, you're getting a point here, you're you're tackling back, you're defending, you goal mouth clearances. How much is that part of the whole experience for the uninitiated? Because we've no idea what it's like. Oh, it's electric, yeah. yeah. Like it's just you know it's something unfortunately you never experience in any other walk of life. You know, once once you finish the test, you'll never get that experience back. It's just. I heard Keith Higgins talk about this during the week when, when Lee scored the goal at 17 and he said it actually felt like the ground was shaking in Crow Park because there was just pandemonium in the stands and literally a game of football is still going on. You know, the kick out is taken and there's still pandemonium going on and that's just what it feels like. It's, um, it's an incredible experience and like I said, that's why for Mayo, the likes of Mayo tomorrow, the young players that haven't played in that experience before, that's why getting through the first 20 minutes is really, really important for the likes of them because especially with the likes of Hill 16 behind you, it's something completely different. And I was thinking about this during the week, the first time I did in 2012, like I was prepping in the weeks leading up to it, you know, just from a mental point of view, you know, even listening to, to Come On You Boys in Blue on YouTube clips just to get me into the focus of, you know, feeling that experience as, or that atmosphere as much as possible but 
it'll be a brilliant experience and what a weekend you know I've had such a drab kind of first couple of months of this championship job but now full house and croaker in a quarter final it'll be it'll be some day tomorrow for sure Mayo just to finish Cullum mm. have to believe as a county that this is going to happen someday and someday soon because you can't really think any other way as in winning the All-Ireland yes ah yeah look at the thing about winning the All-Ireland John it's It'll happen when it happens. It'll probably happen the least time we expect it to happen. You know what I mean? And who knows that could be this year. But like for tomorrow, like the boys have a huge, huge challenge tomorrow. I think I think they'll be under no illusions what's ahead of them tomorrow. I really think Dublin are looking at this as the last real go for a number of boys in this team and maybe even the management team, Desi Farrell as well, including that. You know, I think he's into year four now at this stage. So I think Dublin bringing back the likes of Manny McCaffrey um, and McCarthy obviously Fitzsimons pushing on Dean Rock pushing on I think they're looking at this having real one massive tilt to winning the All-Ireland because there might be a lot of this group again next year there so you know they have a huge huge challenge Mayo tomorrow to get over that so if Mayo did get over that would they fear anyone after that you know it's the most wide open championship you're ever likely to see again John so who knows it could be this year if not it could be in the next couple of years John but it'll happen definitely I can assure you that <laughs> Are you? Are you uh, what's the ritual tomorrow then? Are you, are you going to be staying in May or are you going to be in the car or on the train or what are you going to be doing? Uh, for the match? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll be I'll be there. I'll be there in the Hogan stand. Yeah, cheering on the boys. Really looking forward to it. I was, I was actually thinking about this during the week. It's my first time there as a supporter since 2006, since uh, since Mayo played Dublin in the uh, in the semi-final in 2006. So my first time experiencing that atmosphere from from the stands for, what, Jesus, 17 years now. It feels, it feels like a lifetime ago. So really, really looking forward to it, yeah. Colm, have a great day, whatever happens. And uh, brilliant insight as always. Thanks for speaking to us on Saturday. Thanks, Millie John. Gaelic football on Off the Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.